This is PhotoBizX, episode number 492, and today we are talking referrals and how to get the best photography referrals for your business without actually asking for them. Our special guest is returning expert on these strategies, Stacey Brown-Randall, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here, photographer, interviewer, and host of the Photo Biz X podcast, where I interview guests from around the world to help you build a better photography business. I know you're going to love returning guest today, Stacey Brown-Randall, so stick around for that. It's coming up in just a minute, particularly if you love getting referrals. And who doesn't? But you absolutely hate asking for them. (laughs) I know that I do. I do ask for them. I don't like it. So if you're anything like me, you will love what Stacey has to share. If you are from the US and you're listening to this episode as it goes live, You've just celebrated Thanksgiving weekend. Not something that we do here in Australia, but I do have to say, I do love this weekend for the Black Friday sales. And also, I think it's such a lovely idea to actually be thankful for all the things we have. And to be honest, I I thank my lucky stars that I am able to run a business, have the life and lifestyle that I've created, a beautiful family, living in a beautiful part of the world. Life is pretty damn good. And I hope... I hope it's the same for you, and I hope whether or not you live in the U.S., you stop, take a minute and reflect on how lucky we truly are to be alive, working and living in 2022. Now, in regards to Black Friday sales, it wasn't unreal for me. I ended up buying a couple of golf things, which are actually gifts or will be gifts for my sons. I didn't order anything cycling related. And the only things that I downloaded for myself or purchased for myself were updates to a couple of plugins for my website, a renewal for Grammarly, which I love. It's the perfect app for me where I make so many spelling mistakes and not a lot else. So all in all, pretty, pretty boring as far as purchases on my end. I hope you were able to find some bargains for yourself, for whatever you're into, whether it's for your business, for your photography, or for whatever else you are into. And just quickly talking about Black Friday sales, today is the last day to grab any of the specials from PhotoBizX. That includes all the different courses. All of them are 30 to 40% off. And also the premium membership uh, is particularly attractive if you don't already have a membership or you're on the $20 per month plan. Go and check those out. They're all at photobizx.com forward slash Black Friday. They finish in around 24 hours for now. So jump in and grab something there. If you've had your eye on one of the courses, whether it's for Facebook ads, online sales, creating a better and more profitable price list for yourself, generating leads and clients through book projects, expos or running competitions, there is something there for you and your business over at photobizx.com forward slash Black Friday for the next 24 hours only. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. 
We are going to jump into this interview with Stacey in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Stacey. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. So if you are loving what she shares in the first half and you want to access the full interview, you can do that for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. There are more details about that at photobizx.com forward slash try. And if you are super quick and you love what you are seeing inside the trial membership, you can jump in and grab the 12-month membership at 40% off if you are quick to grab one of the Black Friday deals that will be finishing up in the next 24 hours. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest first appeared on the podcast for episode 259. She's not a photographer, but a business growth accelerator. She helps businesses get more referrals without actually asking for them. And like she says on her website, when you don't have to ask, referrals rock. She also says, if I'd known then what I know now, my first business would not have failed. And she believes that referrals are the least understood, least utilized, and the very best tactic in your sales and marketing toolbox. And the really cool thing is you don't need to have been in business for a long time to generate awesome referrals for your photography business. I'm talking about the lovely Stacey Brown Randall, and I'm wrapped to have her back on the podcast. Stacey, welcome. Thank you, Andrew. I'm always excited to be back and to chat with you. <laughs> I said there that, uh, well, you said on your website that your first business wouldn't have failed. If you knew then what you know now, what, what happened like to the first business? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously a business does not fail for one particular reason. There are typically a number of things that happen and sometimes because you allow them to happen and sometimes because it's a perfect storm that happens as well. For me, it was really trying to figure out how to keep the business development going on a consistent basis. And, you know, a lot of people get into business and I don't care what you do. If you're a photographer, if you're a graphic designer, if you're an interior designer, if you're a real estate agent, an attorney, it doesn't matter. When you decide to start your business, you're going to, you're going to get a couple of clients in the beginning and that's going to be so exciting. And you're going to be like so thrilled to put your head down and do the work. And then you're going to look up and you're going to be like, oh, snap, I need more work. I need more clients. And you're going to start this hustle. I call it the entrepreneurial hustle roller coaster, where you're just going to start, okay, I got to get some more clients. So you get out there, you start hustling, you get some more clients. Then you're like, great, I got some clients. You put your head down, you do the work, you look up and you're like, oh my gosh, I found myself in this place again. I've got to go get more clients now. And it's a really normal, typical roller coaster that most business owners will find themselves on that first year. And for some of us, even into our second year. But by the fourth year, which is where I was with my first business, I was still on that roller coaster and I hadn't quite figured out how to level out those feast or famine high and low moments of like having clients, not having clients, having clients, not having clients. And I didn't figure out how to level that out. And I didn't figure out some mechanisms to have in place that could consistently fill my business development pipeline and ways that I would always know, okay, so when this business wraps up, here's the next few folks that are, you know, in, in the queue. And I didn't really have that built out with my first business. And, you know, four years later, around the time that business failed, it's still behaving like a one-year business. <laughs> it was like, okay, it just didn't make it. And so, and there were obviously some other things that went into that as well, but that's the one thing I attribute to the failure the most 
is that I didn't figure out how to consistently have the business development piece work for me in a way that allowed it to consistently fill my pipeline of new potential clients. And with my second business, that was the first thing I planned to solve. And I knew I had to solve it or I was going to be in trouble. And, um, you know, I'm already a card carrying member of the Business Failure Club. I do not need a second badge. I don't need to go to the next level in that club. So that was the first thing I was like, I got to figure out how to fix this when I started my second business, which happened to be a productivity and business coaching practice. And it was there that I like stumbled upon the whole idea of referrals. And I was like, oh yeah, of course, of course I want referrals. I got referrals to my first business, right? I mean, four years, I probably got referrals. And then I went back and looked and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't get any referrals. My first four years in business, I got zero referrals with my, that first business. And I was like, should probably be something we should solve. And then I started paying attention to how people teach referrals. And I was like, no, thank you. It was terrible. It wasn't who I was or how I wanted to behave or how I wanted to treat people or my brand reputation that I wanted out there. And so when I started my second business, I was like, okay, we're going to see if we can get referrals differently. And it really was sheer necessity. It was like, I just can't fail again. So I need to figure out this business development piece and do it differently. But I know me and I'm going to want to do things that feel good at the same time that they work. And I found that in referrals for me, but in doing it the complete opposite of how people teach it, because that's the only way it worked for me. That's so cool. And it's funny, you say, you know, you should be getting referrals or you should have the customers in the pipeline. And that, you know, after that first year, maybe in the second year, certainly by the fourth, I can guarantee there are listeners, you know, in the 10th year of business that are still, oh crap, there's no no business coming in. I better run a Facebook ad. I better run a promo. I better partner with another business to get some more clients. And that's how many photographers run their businesses. So with the referrals, you know, I talked about this last time we chatted and that's when you opened my eyes to getting referrals without asking. I'd always ask for referrals. You don't do that, do you? No. And here's the thing. I do want to say this. One of the cool things about being a business owner is that we all get to be grownups and we all get to make decisions that are right for our business. And there are definitely people out there who are totally comfortable and fine asking for referrals and it works for them. I think folks who like to ask for referrals and it works for them are a little bit on the side of the unicorns. I don't think it is the majority of us. But the problem is, is that the advice out there that's been out there for decades and decades is only suited for the people who are okay with asking or okay with forcing themselves (laughs) to push past being uncomfortable to ask. And so for me, it was all about finding, well, I'm not going to do that. I mean, here's the thing. We both know this. We can do anything for a short amount of time. But I wanted my business to be sustaining. I wanted it to grow. I wanted it to be around in five years. And now we're about to hit 10 years. And I want it to be around in 15 and 20 plus years. I want it to be around until I decide. I don't want to be around it anymore, not the other way around. And so for me, it was like referrals needs to be a part of it. It has to be a part of how I grow my business. But I don't want to do it any of the ways that it's actually taught. And so If you look at the advice that's out there that most people prescribe to, which is the asking advice, and you kind of peel back where it comes from and what's really happening when a referral happens, then you can completely see a different strategy to take. But like I said, we all get to decide how we want to grow our business and we all get to decide how we want to generate referrals if that's even a business development tactic we want to take. I just, I'm here to speak for those and to speak to those that are like, I want referrals and I don't want to ask. So what else you got? 
because I want to be able to provide that option for them. Okay. So if I was to say to a client, and let's say I finish photographing their wedding or their family portrait, they're picking up their photos or their album for, you know, to finish off that transaction, if you like. If I say to them something like, you know, it's been amazing working with you. You know, I run a small business. It relies on referrals. So if you love the experience, I'd love for you to tell your friends. That's asking for a referral, isn't it? It is. Yes. It's what we refer to as a direct ask. Right. So I don't like doing that. And you're saying there's another way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And here's the thing. What you just said, it sounds so simple. It's like, hey, if you love this experience, right, then tell everybody else about me or send other people to me. Like in theory, in our heads, in this moment with me and you, right, talking, shooting the breeze, talking about it. It sounds so innocent. It sounds so simple. But then when you're standing in front of that bride or that mother of the bride or that bride and groom, right? Or that, you know, whoever you're standing in front of and you're having to have that conversation and use those simple words with them, all of a sudden it brings up all the feels. Mm -hmm. And that's because it's actually, and this is what people don't think always pay attention to is why. Why is that uncomfortable for us? Why is that hard for us to do? Most of the people who teach the opposite of me would say, well, Andrew, there's something wrong with you. You just got to push through being uncomfortable. You just got to be willing to do it and get uncomfortable, right? Or get willing to be comfortable with the uncomfortable and just ask. And the more you'll ask, you'll get comfortable with it. But you've been doing this how long, right? Yeah, over 20 years. (laughs) And you're still not comfortable doing it. So why, why isn't there something else happening? Why can't we just admit that maybe something else is going on? Right. It's not just that we are not okay with getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, but maybe what we understand but haven't been able to articulate until now is, is that we recognize what we're doing to the relationship when we ask that question. And what we're doing to that relationship when we ask that person to refer us is that we're asking them to make referrals all about us. But fundamentally, if you look at why referrals happen, the type of referrals we want, when someone's referred to us and they're like, "Um, you're the only photographer I'm going to use because my friend said, you're the only photographer that I should possibly use. Those are the referred clients we want, right? Those that show up and they're like, just take my money and tell me you have XYZ date available, right? Those are the clients we want. Well, when that client shows up, there's actually a dynamic and a situation that has happened. And what's happened is, is they are looking for somebody to be their photographer and they go to someone they trust and they're like, hey, I'm looking for an amazing photographer. I'm not saying they can't find you in other ways. I'm saying when somebody wants to be referred to a photographer, right? Hey, I'm looking for an amazing photographer. Did you love yours? What was it like? What was that experience like? And then your client says, oh my gosh, yes. And you have to hire him, right? That's what we want. When I teach you, which I don't, but when other people teach, we'll go ask your clients for referrals. They're manufacturing that moment of help. They're artificially creating, which does not exist, which is your bride or groom or whomever thinking about who they could potentially refer to you. But when the purest of a referral happens, when that client shows up and says, take my money and let me book you right now, right? It's because they were in the driver's seat wanting to find a solution. They went to someone they trust and the person they went to that they trusted happened to be your client who trusts you. And so the trust was transferred. And that's when a pure referral actually shows up, which is why the strategy that or the strategies that I teach has everything to do with your relationship with the referral source 
and not forcing the prospect piece of it. Whereas all the other competitors advice has to do with making it about you and just asking them to refer you. When I know it's more about the relationship you have with that referral source and by not asking, you actually have a greater chance of them always having you be top of mind and the person that they refer. Okay. So and you said referral source. So the referral source is going to be any client that I've worked with in the past or does it extend beyond that? It can be anybody, actually. I mean, we actually categorize referral sources into four categories. So number one is clients. It can be current clients, previous clients, clients to be, right? People who are not like they're maybe just starting the journey of deciding to hire you. I mean, anybody who is going to or has paid you money could be considered a referral source, but they all won't be. And that's really important. There's this myth out there that if you do amazing work, all your clients will refer you. No, they won't. I don't care how amazing you were. Because if that were true, we would all have more clients than we know what to do with. And we wouldn't be listening to a podcast like this. Right? I mean, at the end of the day, like that's just not true. Like we all can refer, but we're not all built to think to refer. Some of us have to be cultivated along to get to that place. So clients is the number one referral source for most people, but not all. The second one is what we call centers of influence. So it's people in your network. They know what you do. They don't do what you do. So there's no competitive overlap. They come across your ideal client with some level of regularity. So it could be other vendors in the industry, right? Just when you're kind of thinking about it, it could be that videographer, right? That always refers to you, right? So it could be what we call centers of influence. That's usually a smaller subset of your overall network who know what you do. But that's not to say they're in the industry. They could just be centers of influence who know what you do and can have the opportunity to refer to you. And those are the two that we actually pay attention to. The third type of referral sources is actually your family and friends. And they're awesome and amazing. But the truth is you don't have to put a strategy on for them to refer you. They typically do it because they love and care about you. The example I always give is my husband is in sales. And so every once in a while, he'll come across people and they'll get into a conversation about referrals. And he's like, I know somebody who can teach you how to generate referrals. And so he'll refer someone to me. Let's be honest. He's married to me. He's going to always refer to me when the opportunity is there. He doesn't need to be a part of a strategy to remember to refer to his wife. I mean, I hope not. Or we got bigger problems, right? <laughs> True. You know, I was like, as long as we're married, I'm probably good with getting those referrals. So your family and friends, whereas they can definitely refer you. And in a B2C environment that photographers are in, they're definitely going to have family and friends that are actually referring them. The thing is, is that you don't need to build a strategy around them because they typically will do it regardless. And then the fourth category is actually strangers which sounds really weird because I just said a minute ago that referrals come from relationships. And what you maintain is that relationship you have with your referral source, the person who can refer to you. So then how in the world can a stranger refer you? Well, by definition, in this case, they're a stranger to you. You are not a stranger to them. The longer you're in the industry, the more your reputation will grow. The longer you're doing what you do, right, you'll have people who know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, and they just know you're a great photographer. So when someone says to you, yeah, I was referred by so-and-so, or like, you're like, who the heck is so-and-so? It's like a stranger referred you, but truly, you're not a stranger to them. They are just a stranger to you. So when we look at the four levels of those referral sources, clients, any kind, center of influence, family and friends, and strangers, we build strategies to get more referrals from the top two clients and COIs. But that's not to say family and friends and strangers can't make up, you know, a good portion of who refers you as well. Got it. Got, okay. So 
if clients and centers of influence are the two main uh, groups of people that we should be focusing on, does this still apply then to a newer photographer in business? Say someone's just started their business or they've been in business for one year, they haven't had that many clients yet. Can they still generate referrals from those people? Absolutely. It's just probably not going to be at the volume that they're ultimately looking for. So when I am working with a client, the most important thing that I can do for them is to help them figure out their starting point. Because the starting point defines which of the strategies you're going to implement first. For some people who've been in business two, three, five, 10, 15 years, and you have referral sources, we typically look at it, you've got more than five or six referral sources. So more than five or six people referring you then you actually have a base of referral sources to work with. And so the strategy I would start you with is the one that we call growth by referrals. And that's the one where we're trying to grow and get more referrals from the people who refer us. So it's generate more referrals from our existing referral sources. But to your point, for someone who's been in business a year or less, or let's be honest, in some cases, someone who's been in business five years and has only ever done like the social media way of growing, their business and they're like, wow, I probably should pay attention to the relationships in my business and the referral piece. It's not like they couldn't be getting referrals. They just weren't like having even on their radar. So whether they've been in business one year or five years, if they don't have any referral sources. So we look at this as like less than four. You have less than four people that have actually referred to you. Then we really kind of consider starting from scratch. And in that case, it's a different strategy that we have to deploy because we don't have existing referral sources. We have potential referral sources, which means the soon-to-be's. And that starts with identifying who do you want to refer you? And then the strategy I teach my clients is walking them through how to turn those people into referral sources. There will be a multitude of different strategies you can layer on in your pursuit to build what we call building that referrable business. They can be a lot of strategies that you layer on, but everybody starts with either, hey, you have referral sources, let's get more from them, or you don't have referral sources, let's cultivate some new people referring you, and then we can start to take better care of them to get more referrals. But everybody starts in one of those two places. And specifically because that's typically the place where it's your low-hanging fruit and it's our ability to build longevity in your business. If you have these one or both of these two plans in place, these are the plans that run parallel. And so you just keep them going year after year where other strategies you may just pull in because you need it in a moment, but you don't need it later. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. So, okay, let me turn this around a little bit. You so you're married, you have three teenage kids or thereabouts, age-wise, not thereabouts, three kids. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want one? You can have one. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm happy with my two. That's enough. So to me, you would be a fantastic client. So have you ever had family photos? Every single Christmas. Okay, and with the same photographer? Until he retired. And then uh, we found a new one, was that two years ago? And then, but I use a different photographer for my lifestyle photos, which I do every other year or so in my business. Okay. All right. Let's see which way is the best way to share this with listeners. But let's say I was to photograph you and your family. I would imagine you would be a fantastic referral source. So what would I need to do to have you start referring me or to become one of my referral sources? Like what's the strategy? Okay. So the disclaimer is I'm assuming you're referable. 
to be able to start generating referrals from me, right? Or from anybody else. And that's just kind of the disclaimer I put out there, but you would be surprised how many people don't run their business in a way that makes them referable. How could I not be referable? (laughs) You'd be surprised. Okay, so here's the thing. I think when you look at how you do the business, right? The work that you guys do, depending on what you do, there's a lot of areas to have what we would call choppy of a choppy client experience. If you want to be referable, right? You've got to build that experience that's referable where there's not any choppiness to it. And there's like good communication, expectation setting, right? Managing like what people are thinking is going to happen on the timeline that it's going to happen, right? And then of course, obviously producing the results of the work that you guys do. A lot of people don't think about their business in a client experience way. Like what is the client going through? as they are working through the process of working with you, whether that client experience is four hours long or it's four months long. And we all have a client experience that we kind of operate from. And it really is a client experience is defined as how the client feels while they're doing business with you. And so I would assume that most folks that are listening to this probably have a referable client experience. But it is interesting how many times I go through client experiences and people are like, what'd you think of that? And I was like, well, we could use some work, right? And because you're not anticipating what the client's anticipating. And guess what? The client's anticipating everything up here. And every client assumes what you do is way easier than it is. It is not. Everyone assumes it should be faster or easier than it's not. It's all about your communication. It's all about how you manage my expectations. And then, of course, the product that you deliver. But the other piece of a client experience is the relationship. It's the relationship you build with me. And to go back to kind of like that original question you asked of like, if you're our photographer and you take our picture every holiday season for our family Christmas card, when you think about my willingness to refer you, yes, I've got to have a good experience with you. I've got to get a great product from you. It needs to be delivered on time. Delays need to be communicated. All those things that make you referable. But it's also about the relationship you build with me. But then it's everything beyond that. That's ultimately going to get someone to a place to remember, to even think about referring you. And I think that's the piece where kind of people forget of like, what does it actually look like to be able to generate referrals? So when we teach the process, a referable client experience, we teach it's the work you do, it's the relationship you build, and then it's how you manage their emotions and where they are in the process throughout the stages of that client experience but well into the alumni stage. And that's the piece people usually ignore. They're probably really good when the client is new or when they're active and they're doing everything they're supposed to do to get the photographs back to them. But then when they're done and they're now in the alumni stage, what do you still do to build that relationship? And there are moments within that client relationship and that client experience where you're actually able to gather and like plant referral seeds and then have the potential to maybe even gather a few referrals through the process. When we're talking about it like this, it sounds kind of obtuse, right? You know, it's kind of like, okay, wait, we've got stages within our client experience. There's, they're new. Then we're doing the work. So they're all, they're active. Now we're done. They're an alumni, right? A previous client, a past client, we call them alumni clients. But there are moments throughout that that people usually overlook where you can impact the relationship. And you can also use the secret sauce that we talk about, which is the referral seed language. So it's the language you use and it's the relationship you build. But here's the thing that people always overlook about referrals. I don't ever think about referring my photographer 
unless I have a certain relationship with my photographer to where I can remember his name or her name, right? If I just use them once, I will remember the name for so long, but will I remember it a year later or will I have to go look it up, right? Because if there's no continuation of the relationship, they become forgotten. And the other thing is, is that it's got to be the opportunity. That's what people always kind of overlook with referrals. There's two things that have to happen for a referral to happen, desire and opportunity. The desire to pick you as the photographer that I refer to versus the thousands or others that are out there like you. There's a desire for that relationship, that relationship we have, right? For that to be the reason why I pick you. But then coming across the opportunities is something you don't control, which is what everybody else wants you to believe you do. You do control how often they think about referring you. No, you don't, right? When the opportunities present themselves, that's why we want to make sure that when we identify people to refer us, that we're identifying the people who actually have potential come across people to refer us. So you made the assumption, I would be a great referral source if you took our holiday Christmas cards, but you have to really define what you're looking for in that regards. I'd be a great referral source for what, for whom, and in what situation, right? So the opportunity piece and then the desire piece, but I won't even begin to think about referring you until we have a relationship that extends past just you taking some amazing pictures and my Christmas card is out in the mail and people are loving it. Sure. Okay. Totally understand that. And so, I mean, in my head, I can identify you. I mean, I identified you as a great client because you have three kids. You know, I have the idea in my head that you're circulating with other parents with kids the same age. Uh, You live in the area that I service. You look like you have a lovely community around you when we spoke. So, I mean, you sound like the perfect client for me. So what can I do apart from deliver the amazing experience to have you sharing your experience with me as a photographer with your friends? So the two things you have to pay attention to, it's the language that you're going to plant throughout that amazing client experience you're about to give me, right? As you're going through, right? And so, and some of this is always those pieces that we talk about is that secret sauce of those moments of when to plant those referral seeds. So I'm gonna circle back and give you an exact example. So you know what I'm talking about. So there's those moments that we're gonna use specific language that get it percolating in my head, the thought of referrals without it ever being like, don't forget to refer me, right? You know what I mean? Like we would never do that, but we can percolate the idea of referrals. And then the second piece is when you come back around is that I can't forget about you. Right. The truth is if to your point, right? Doing holiday cards, community, neighborhood, we mail out about 300 cards a year. Now I use mine for business, right? So like basically the family just gets the leftover cards on my end because I use mine for business. But the idea there is, is that I can't forget about you because that relationship has to be there for me to remember you, to refer to you. And I'm not saying that you need to send me a text message every 30 days. Hey, how you doing? Right. And this isn't about you trying to get more repeat business from me. But if you're amazing, of course, that's how it'll happen. Right. It's got to be the opportunities there. So you can identify me as a great potential referral source. The strategy I would have you put me through, right, would be as a potential referral source and that client experience. And we would run it for a year and we would just see did Stacy ever actually refer you? When you were using the right language, nurturing the relationship in the right way, and you were consistent with that for an entire year after you're done working with them, what happened? Did you get referrals? 
Because even though someone looks like the perfect referral source, sometimes those are the people that will be most disappointing because they don't refer, right? And so it's looking at it from that perspective. So there are moments that I teach my client to pay attention to and the language that they use. And those two things combined, either because I've identified that you would make a great referral source, and now I want to work you through the process to cultivate you into a referral or it's because this is part of my client experience and all my clients get this language and get these moments to see if we can get them to start referring us. It's that strategy, right? That that secret sauce, that piece that makes this work is the how we take care of them coupled with the language that we use. Right. But as a photographer, if I if I I'm looking for the maximum number of, of referrals, I don't really know if you are, like you said, going to be a, a fantastic referral source. So wouldn't I treat every client the same way to try and make them a great referral source? Yes, but I want you to think about this in layers. So one of the things, the strategies that we teach is the referable client experience. It's the building out that client experience, however you deliver on your work and making sure you have a relationship component and making sure you have a referral seed and planting a referral seed component to it. And it's repeatable. And every client gets the same referable client experience. And they get that same client experience because we don't know who it's going to land with that's then going to start thinking about referring us that will then ultimately refer us. So I want you to have that. And you know, I mentioned early on, there's like you have one or two strategies that you're going to start with. Either have referral sources, let's go get you some more. Or the strategy you're going to start with is you don't have people referring you. Let's cultivate some people referring you. Once you have one or both of those in place, the very next strategy I turn people to is this referable client experience. Let's make sure that you are creating that referable client experience. One, because it makes you referable. It makes you that that wow factor, right? And two, because it's going to be a repeatable client experience you do for every client. And we'll see who it's actually going to take hold with and who it won't over the course of them being a client. But there will always be those people. There will always be those clients that you're like, I need her, I need him to refer me. We actually, they're still in the client experience, but we actually will take them out of that I mean, they'll still stay in the client experience, but we will actually position them in that potential referral source strategy where we've identified, I want this person to refer me, and now I'm going to build a relationship with them and use specific language separate from the referable client experience because I'm targeting them specifically as someone that I want to refer us. So think about the referable client experience as like, Everybody gets it, right? It's like snow covering the ground. Like everybody gets the referable client experience, that repeatable client experience, the opportunity to start thinking about referring us and then doing it. Think about the other two strategies. It's more like hand-to-hand combat. I'm going to make a snowman because I'm going to identify you and then I'm going to try to cultivate you into a referral source. Got it. Okay. I think we can safely assume, let's make the assumption that the listener has a referable process in place. Like everything they're doing, you structured in a way to, to deliver an amazing experience. You know, for example, you know, I'm calling you before the Christmas session. I'm getting to know you, your husband. I know his name. I know the kids' names. I know what they're into as far as sports and stuff. I'm going to get the kind of photo that you want for your Christmas card. So you're getting an amazing experience all the way through. You keep mentioning the term language. We're going to use referable language. We're going to use this language. What language are you talking about? Yes. Okay. So, and I think this kind of helps everyone be like, oh, I can get how these pieces fit together. Right. Because I always tell folks what I do is not complicated or complex, 
but there is a way for you to understand it. So then you have clarity to actually deploy it. So in the moments that someone is going through a client experience with you, there are going to be moments where you can plant referral seeds. And it looks different depending on the business that you have and kind of how you want to do it. But let me give you some kind of guardrails to kind of consider from this perspective. So one of the things that we always talk to folks about are the moments where people are really happy with what they're doing with you, right? And then we sometimes talk about this concept of using this cloning language, So, right, so like they go through this great, maybe the moment they're super happy is right after they get their proofs back and they're like, oh my gosh, these are amazing. I cannot believe you got that child to smile. He never smiles. He ruins every family photo and you got him to smile. It's amazing. And they're super, super happy, right? So one of the tactics, and there's multiple, and you have to just figure out which one you would deploy where based on all the different tactics. But one of the tactics we talk about is the cloning language. It's like in that moment saying, well, if all my clients were as amazing as you, right? I would have a dream business. I'm so fortunate to work with clients like you. I love it when I have the opportunity to work with more clients like you. Now, it's very simple. It's very subtle. And most people would overlook that language as just like, oh yeah, yeah, I may be, I'll remember to say it or maybe not. But what they don't recognize is how it's actually going into the brain of the client, right? It's like, oh, more clients like me. Now, how that lands and how well that lands, it's going to be different per client. And if it's the only time you say that one thing, it's not going to go anywhere. But if it's coupled with other moments within that client experience of where you can start planting more referral seeds, some direct and some indirect, it's where they start thinking about it from a referral perspective. So in our program, we talk to folks about identifying those clients who just seem like they're more likely to share right? They're more likely to want to be able to share you with folks and recognizing the strategies we teach there. It's when you go to make your request for testimonials, but that is not a, when you're asking for a testimonial, you're not asking for a referral. So you absolutely should ask for those testimonials, whether it's online reviews or testimonials for your website. You know, there's ways to plant referral seeds within that request for a testimonial. And so it's taking of this language, which for us is the the thankfulness and gratitude around referrals and weaving it through very specific moments and interactions that you are bound to have with every single client. So let's use your example. Let's say I use it with you and you say something, oh my God, I've got a group of mums that would love to experience this. I'll definitely be referring you. Let's say you say that to me. Yep. Like obviously you've identified yourself as a great referral source. You had a great experience. You're happy in this moment. What do I say to that? Yes. Yes, please. Yeah. And, and I need you to add an and. <laughs> yes, please. And so, okay. So what you've identified is what happens to most people. And it's actually what we call word of mouth buzz. It's I'm talking about you to someone else. And then I told you I was talking about you to someone else, or I'm talking about how I'm going to be talking about you, right? It's word of mouth buzz. And people think they're referrals and they're not because you're not actually connected to that client they're talking about. So when a client says to you, um, oh my gosh, yeah, I actually have a group of moms that we do playdates with. I mean, my kids are too old for playdates, but I remember them, right? We do playdates with, I will absolutely, I'm, I got to tell them about this experience that I just had with you, right? Then you want to help guide that conversation. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. 
So good. I love it. I love it. All right. I've got one more question I do want to ask you about your current photographer. Before I ask you that, like you mentioned your program and all the different things you offer. Where's the best place to start? Is it with the quiz on your website? So the quiz is a great place for you to understand kind of where you're starting from. It's called the Referral Ninja Quiz. And it's a great place to start to just be like, okay, what level am I at? Because we want you to be at the master level and then it'll show you the gaps. If you're at a beginner level, it'll show you what it takes to get to the master level, depending on what level you're at. So it's a great place to start. And the programs are, we make everything very transparent. It's like, hey, here's our programs. You can find them right from the homepage as well. And we define which ones are right for you. If you have more than five people referring you, we recommend growth by referrals. Less than four people referring you, referring machines. If you're like, I want to work with Stacy and I want her to hold me accountable and answer my questions when I want it than our group coaching program. So we do have a variety of ways that we work with people based on how they like to learn and implement best. But yes, quiz is a great place to start. And then of course, these are podcast listeners. So if they want to mosey on over to my podcast as well, Roadmap to Grow Your Business, that's another great place to start too. Awesome. I'm going to add links to your website, which is, what is it now? It's Stacey Brown Randall. Dot com. It has not changed. The website itself has changed. The link has not changed. Okay. StaceyBrownRandall.com. That's good for SEO, they tell me. So <laughs> well, I'll add links to that to the quiz page. You've also got a Facebook group and the podcast. Is a Facebook group, is that open to anyone that mm-hmm. wants to learn more about referrals? It is. Yep. It's uh, referrals without asking. That's the Facebook group. It's free. Um, You do have to answer some questions to get in because we try to keep the bots out. But yes. Okay, cool. All right. I'll link to all those for you. Uh, so the listener can find them easily and find you online. The last question I wanted to ask you about your current photographer, are they doing any of the things that we talked with that you shared and talked about? No. None. So. Wow. Not everybody knows what I do. <laughs> that would be the first thing I would say. Um, but here's the thing. Our original photographer who did like everything, right? He did. And, but he was, I mean, he was with us for 10 plus years before he decided to just get, he didn't like retire because he got, he was like too old and didn't want to do it anymore. He just got out of the business with COVID. He just decided I'm going to go do something else. Um, He and his wife were both photographers. And I think they decided maybe only one of us should be a photographer in the middle of COVID. And the new person that I think he actually does it as a part-time work. He just happens to be amazing and can make the schedule work for us. Our holiday cards are pretty intense. We have outfit changes. We have location changes. My children hate me through the entire process. So yeah, (laughs) there have been other photographers I've used that do, but this one, not particularly, but I think he has a full-time job and he does this on the side. So that may be why he doesn't do all, all the things. Do you have to hold yourself back from saying, Hey, you're missing a great opportunity here? Oh my gosh. I have to remind myself to keep my mouth shut, particularly on the referable client experience stuff. Like people will say things. I'm like, you should really say this. <laughs> like, I just have to hold it back because not everybody wants that feedback. <laughs> not everybody wants my free advice. But then there are definitely some who know what I do and they're like, judge me. Tell me everything. I know what you do. Tell me all the things that I need to know. You know, so it just depends. You know, you know this. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. <laughs> and the teacher doesn't get to appear before the student is ready. So some are ready and some aren't. So good. Stacey, it's been a real pleasure. I love I love what you do. I love what you shared today. And uh, I'm looking forward to having you back on in the future. So again, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Stacey as much as I did. Stacey, if you are listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you did. 
You genuinely make it sound so easy to get referrals without actually asking for them with your strategy. So again, thank you so much for coming on. For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what Stacey had to share. If you want to learn more from her, I've got links to anything and everything that she mentioned in the show notes for today's episode. They are at photobizx.com forward slash 492. And if you are a premium member and you have a follow-up question for Stacey, you can hit her up inside the members Facebook group where she is already a member. Just tag her there if you have a follow-up question. I'm sure that she'll be happy to come back and answer those. Oh, and inside the show notes, you'll also see one of the photos that Stacey was referring to of her beautiful family. In addition to all those links, it's all there in that one spot. I have one big shout out for today's episode, but I don't know exactly who it's from. They use the Apple podcast username Bellevue and they are in the US. So if you are Bellevue and you hear this shout out, please let me know exactly who you are so I can add a link to your website using a keyword phrase that you're looking to rank for to help you with your SEO. It's my little way to say thanks for taking the time to leave the review that you did. So Bellevue, make sure you let me know who you are. And what he or she wrote was absolutely fantastic inside the Apple Podcast Reviews area. They said the PhotoBizX podcast is the best podcast for photographers looking to grow their photography business. She says, or he says, that interviews cover all genres, levels, and styles of photography. And every episode, I find inspiration and ideas plus a feeling of community with the other photographers. So they're talking about the members Facebook group there. So again, Bellevue. Please let me know exactly who you are so I can add that link. That's my little way to say thanks for taking the time to leave that lovely review. And if you haven't left a review and are looking to improve your SEO, simply leave an honest review for the PhotoBizX podcast. You can do that by going to photobizx.com forward slash iTunes or photobizx.com forward slash Google. Leave a review in one of those two places. Let me know that you've done that via email with a link to your website and a keyword phrase that you're looking to rank for. And I'll be sure to add that backlink from the photobizx.com website to your website to help you with your SEO. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. I hope you have a fantastic week ahead. I'm off to go and check on a mate who had a bad crash on the weekend. We were racing one of our Criterium races. It was just a local club race and it was one of the hardest races I've done all year. It was coming down to the last lap and someone changed directions, took out one of the other riders' front wheels. He went down, which subsequently brought down another five or six riders, including one of my good buddies, Adam. And he had skin off everywhere. It just, uh, it looked horrible. He went and had some x-rays, nothing broken, which is good, but he just messaged me and said, You wouldn't believe it. I got up last night to go to the bathroom and fainted on the way. So now I've got a broken front tooth to go with all my road rash. So he really is in the wars, a poor bugger. So I'm off to check on him once this goes live and gets out to you and see if I can help with fixing up his bike if that needs any looking after. Alrighty, I hope your week is a lot better than Adam's. I hope you had a fantastic weekend with your family wherever you are in the world. Hope you got some great bargains for yourself. And here's to a fun, exciting and profitable end to the year. Have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. 
you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 